All right, everyone. Welcome to Sunday School. We have Kirsten Hedges here teaching us about transmitting trauma. And what better timing just after a lovely full moon. So have everyone's comfortable. And let's get started. Hello. Happy Sunday. Thank you all for being here um, to come explore what can be uh, maybe a bit of a triggering topic for some people. And so, uh, you know, I was just discussing before we got started with Kalani about how much bravery it takes for people to show up for these sort of conversations. So give yourself either a physical or metaphorical pat on the back for being here today. Um, yes, Lauren, yes. Um, so yes, I'm just so grateful that you guys are here and I just wanna welcome you to Sunday School. Um, if you haven't been here before, this is a program that we host every Sunday at 11 o'clock. It's a free class that's just a way to get education about all the stuff that we're really into, all the spiritual, metaphysical, woo-woo world, and we're able to learn about it not just sitting at home on Google, which is the way that most people have to learn about this stuff without a community. Um, to have actual conversations and discussions. So thank you for being here. I want to give just a light disclaimer that, you know, this is, trauma is a topic that can inherently be triggering. So if you need some space, please feel encouraged at any point in time to get up and leave. Um, just through the doors, you're not going to offend anyone. Um, you can also go in the reading room that we have open in the back if you need just a moment to yourself. Uh, because while this is a safe space, it's a safe space with lots of people around you. So if you need a safe alone space, know that you can go to the reading room or right outside the doors here down to the, um, your left and my right are some restrooms and there's a room called a mother's room. Um, you can shut the door and lock it. You're the only person in there. So just know that you have um, spaces if this gets overwhelming. I am going to be doing this uh, in the true heart of trauma-informed nature and energy, um, but if for some reason you do feel overwhelmed, do whatever you have to do to feel comfortable. So I'll take a minute to introduce myself and talk about who I am. Some of you know me. My name is Kirsten Hedges. I work here at Modern Mystic Shop. I do uh, Sunday school every Sunday. I coordinate and facilitate our classes. I also um, do training here in the store and our events and our readers program, so I'm sort of always around. Um, in my personal life, I'm a Reiki master, I'm a moon mother, I am a writer and an empath. Uh, I also am a baby herbalist, uh, that's something new for me. Um, but above all else, all of those attunements or licenses or professional job titles, I am just a kick-ass space holder. I am someone who, in my professional world and in my personal life, people know that if you need someone to wait out the muck and the mess just to create a little bit of space for you to heal and process, I'm just really good at that. Um, and so that's what I'm here to do today. I am not really here as an expert on trauma. I'm not someone who has been in trauma work for 20 years. I'm just someone who has experienced a lot of trauma in their life, who as a healer has been called to explore the ways that we can release our trauma, um, and just someone, again, who really enjoys holding space for these sort of conversations. In this modern day spirituality, the experience that I've had is that love and light get so much prevalency, that people are light workers and they're all around me and they're these happy, bubbly manifestors who seem to not have a care in the world. 
And that has never been my personality or my experience. And so it's hard for me to find spaces where people are doing the work that I'm called to do, having the conversations that I'm called to have. And that's shadow work. I'm interested in exploring the shadows um, because the only way that light exists is through the duality of darkness and we have to be able to explore both. And so that's what I wanna do today, is have a conversation that is not getting a lot of light in our love and light society, and uh, just to have truly a conversation with you guys, um, not as an expert, but just as a person who is curious and caring. So that's what we're doing today. Um, I'll say that the one rule that we have for today is no shame. Whatever comes up for you, and this is very important, we're not entertaining shame for an hour. We can recognize it, but we're not gonna buy into it. So all of the stories that come up, any shame that comes up for you as we have this conversation around trauma, just know that we will recognize it, but we're not giving into it today. We're gonna play around with this because what we're practicing today is what I like to call radical self-acceptance, and that is only made possible through radical self-awareness. And so that's what we're gonna be exploring today. Do you guys? Feel into that? Feel good with that? Sweet. So, no surprise, the first thing I'm gonna make everyone do is meditate. We're gonna do a little meditation just to get everyone into their body, and I wanna explain why we're doing this before we do it. The reason that I felt really, really called to do this at the jump is because trauma inherently breeds dissociation. Right? It's this powerful coping mechanism that we weren't taught, but everyone learns. So because we're talking about trauma and because we have learned the instinct to disassociate for our consciousness or our awareness to leave our bodies, the first thing we have to do is get that consciousness back in our bodies. Because while dissociation is a powerful coping mechanism, it is not the tool that we need for healing. And so we're gonna do this quick little meditation again, just to get everyone in their bodies because people who experience trauma tend to really live in their upper chakras. You know, you've been astral projecting before you knew what the word was. And so, um, you know, it's this retreat to the stars. One of my favorite poets, her name is Nayira Wahid. I don't know if anyone has read her work, but it's beautiful. She has a book called Salt. It will change your world and just shake your foundation. But she has this, um, sentence that says, what can I do when the night comes and I break into stars? And to me, that is what dissociation is. The night, the darkness, the shadows come on and we break into stars. We retreat to the safety of the upper realms. And again, there's something so beautiful about that, but it's not what we're here to do today. So we're going to just take a minute to really get back in our bodies, get out of that survival tool and get into this home that we have. And so, uh, you know, before we meditate, everyone's first instinct is to close their eyes. As soon as I say meditation, everyone's like, okay, I got this, I got this. Uh, and you close your eyes, and I have found that the, as soon as you close your eyes before getting prepared for it, your mind is going to start racing, and we almost can't catch it again. Anyone else experience that? Yeah, and so, you know, that's because meditation is the exact opposite of what we're called to do every day, which is to move really rapidly and just be constantly synthesizing all the information around us. Meditation calls us to stop all of that. And our brain is like, whoa, what? And so there's gonna be that resistance that comes up for you. 
In addition to resistance, you might feel a little bit of doubt because that's just something that happens to feel like, you know, Ugh, I'm not going to be good at this. I'm not going to be able to meditate long enough. And so I just want to call a spade a spade and say that you might have resistance and doubt coming up for you. You're not the only one. It happens to me every single time I go to meditate. So just be aware that if that is happening for you, we acknowledge it the same way we acknowledge shame that comes up, but we don't let it drive the show today. So one of my favorite ways to start meditating is just looking into the distance in front of you, not at anything in particular, in a soft gaze, almost like you've been watching Netflix for too long. Eyelids starting to droop. And so in this place of a soft gaze, and again, I also like to put my feet on the floor uncrossed. It just helps you get nice and grounded. Hey, welcome in. Uh, it helps you get nice and grounded. Uh, I like to sort of roll my shoulders back and down the spine the same way they tell you to do in yoga at the end when you, my favorite uh, movement when you're just laying on the floor. Um, that's my favorite yoga pose. <laughs> um, so, you know, roll the shoulders down, but again in a comfortable way with a soft gaze to the front. And we're going to start by breathing in through the nose, deep into the belly, like you're literally, your lungs are at your belly button, deep into the body. And then we're going to exhale through our mouths at first. And we're going to do this breath three times. So if you'll inhale deep in through the nose, down into the belly, letting the air fill your body, and then exhale through the mouth so it makes an audible sound. Beautiful. We're going to do another breath like that, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Deep. Feeling the pull of gravity as we connect with the breath. Again, in through the nose, deep. And I want you to take an extra draw of breath that you didn't think you could take. And we're going to exhale through our mouths, letting our eyes fall closed. Feel the comfort of this, again, as gravity is constantly supporting you. Continue to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose at a full and metered pace for you. As we're breathing in through the nose, deep and out through the nose, we're going to start to gain awareness of our body. So we're going to start with the top of our head. And at the top of your head, I just want you to bring your awareness there while still being connected to the breath. And we're going to start something called a body scan. We're going to scan from the top of the head to the bottoms of the feet. And as we do this, we're going to stay connected with the breath. So let your awareness drop from the top of your head to your eyes, noticing any tension that you feel there. If you feel tension, breathe into that tension, staying connected with the breath, letting your awareness drop again to your ears and your jaw a place ripe with tension, and as we reach that space, we're going to breathe into the jaw, into those muscles right below the ear, letting that air fill that tension, and as we exhale, we let it take it away. And now that our jaw feels better, we're going to drop down to our shoulders, another place where tension just loves to live. And as we're at the shoulders, we're going to breathe in deeply into our nose, breathing into that tension. And as we exhale, we let that tension leave our bodies. We're going to continue downward to the chest, right to the heart center. And in this space, we're going to take a deep breath in through our nose, feeling the power that sits there, the anchor that exists in our chest. Again, staying connected with the breath as we inhale in through our nose and out through our nose and continue to journey down to the top of our stomach 
feeling another place of power that sits within us. Staying fully connected to the breath. And as we continue to breathe, we travel further down to the hips. Another area that tension can just get caught. And so as we feel our hips, we breathe into the hips, allowing that air to circulate around our pelvis and our hip bones, exhaling any tension away. Traveling down to the tops of our thighs, maybe that's where your hands sit and you feel even more grounded as you notice this. Breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. We're going to continue on to the knees and the shin as we travel down, feeling that this lower half of our body is like a trunk. It connects us to the earth and lets us sit comfortably in our bodies. Again, remembering that the breath is life, breathing in through our nose deep and exhaling fully through the nose. We'll continue on to discover the bottoms of our feet and the way that they rest against the floor. We're gonna notice our toes and the way that they grip and ground us to the floor. Breathing in through the nose deep and out through the nose deep, knowing that we are fully aware of our bodies and we are safe. We're gonna explore just a little further as we notice that underneath our feet there's something there we didn't recognize before. And it's an extension, it's a lifeline, it's a root that grows from the bottoms of your feet deep down into Mother Earth. Roots that always exist, even if we are not aware of them, connecting us to an eternal source of life and breath. And as we take our next breath, we are breathing not just into our nose, but we're noticing that this breath comes from the bottoms of our feet as well that Mother Earth gives us life and breath. Breathing deeply in through the nose and out through the nose. Allowing ourselves to feel grounded. From this space of connection to Mother Earth and utter grounding, we're going to come back to awareness and I will count you down through this. No need to rush it. And so with five, we're gonna wiggle our feet. With four, we're gonna wiggle our hands. With three, we're gonna give a slight shake to our shoulders. Two, we're gonna take a deep inhale in. And one, a deep exhale out. And whenever you feel ready, I want you to open your eyes and come back to, to class today. Sorry to make you meditate. You guys did a great job though, wonderful job. So how does that feel? I'm really curious to see if anyone notices a bit of a difference, if you feel maybe a little bit more present, a little bit more comfortable. Um, this you know, took us three minutes of time. Yeah, come on in. This took us you know, three minutes. This is something you can do all the time and I really encourage you to do it if you feel yourself floating away in situations where we can't just let ourselves float. Hi, welcome. And so um, now that we've had our first sort of mindfulness pit stop, we are going to, uh, oh yeah, if we need more chairs, can you do more chairs? Um, we're going to start uh, our first discussion. And so the first discussion that we're going to have is just simply what is trauma? Um, we need to define this because honestly, 
the definition and perception of trauma is that it's something super narrow and that it's something super specific that there's a certain small group of people who experience trauma and that it always looks a certain way or feels a certain way. And that's just not the case. Um, trauma, the definition that we need to get used to, is any distressing event or experience that causes us to have an emotional response that therefore forces us to create a belief about the world or ourselves that is the definition of trauma, and that is something that we do all the time. In fact, when I think back to like my early 20s, I think I was traumatized like 27 times a day. Because, again, it's a very general and wide-reaching definition and experience. Trauma, again, is not, it doesn't look the same for everyone. It is not this specific pigeonhole. It is any distressing event that causes us to have an emotional response that then creates a belief about the world or ourselves. And so, you know, when you start to look at the data surrounding trauma and who's experienced it, one of the most startling statistics and startling and reassuring, honestly, statistic I found was that 90% of people who find themselves in a clinical setting, and that's an emergency room, inpatient, outpatient, therapy, psychiatrist, 90% of those people in a medical clinical setting admit to, yes, having experienced trauma in their life. 90% of people, 90% of people, everyone, everyone. And so it's something that everyone experiences. And so it's something that we are not alone in. And that gave me a lot of solace to understand that I'm not someone with these deep, dark shadows that everyone was judging, but that they just had their own too. And so that is, what trauma is. You know, there are even theories around uh, birth being a trauma, that that's the first trauma that we experience. This beautiful, life-giving event for the baby itself is traumatic. That's why things like water births have become so popular, because they say that it's a way to lessen the trauma as an infant leaves the womb and goes into the water and then is introduced to the world. And so again, if even birth, the most beautiful thing to be experienced in this life is traumatic, then we should really understand that trauma permeates everything in our world. So the next thing that I wanna do is talk about the kinds of trauma because we have this general definition that serves us well to understand we're not alone and that it happens to lots of people. And we get to understand the general process of how trauma forms, this emotional connection to a belief um, but there are also nuances to trauma. Every trauma has a different delicacy and a different energy. And so I have these uh, groups that I wanted to explore with you guys. The first group is physical trauma. Um, that's going to be accidents, injuries, illness, surgery. That can include domestic violence, physical abuse, um, as well as um, behavior correction, right? So it's children when parents like hit or you know, use that as a behavior correction tool, that can be traumatic for a child. Um, and so we have this subset of physical trauma that mostly lives in those lower chakras, like the root chakra is really ripe with physical trauma because that has to do with our safety and security in the world. And so if you've experienced a lot of physical trauma, I would definitely recommend working on the root chakra. Um, the second group of trauma that we'll explore, I've sort of grouped together just in, an effort of time, um, 
is going to be the emotional, the mental, and the verbal trauma that we experience. And so that's going to be things like fear, loss, uh, degradation and programming that happens, toxic relationships in which we're spoken to in ways that affect us deeply. And that emotional, verbal, and uh, mental trauma tends to live sort of in these chakras, right? Our third eye, our throat chakra, and our heart. And so again, if it's gonna be emotional, mental, verbal trauma that you've experienced, we're gonna be dealing with these three chakras. Um, and then the next trauma I would like to explore is the spiritual and religious trauma that exists in our world. That, of course, naturally is gonna live in the crown chakra, but that's gonna be any brainwashing that happens, which just honestly happens a lot in the spiritual realm. Um, that's going to be any shame that was introduced to you by your strict religious structures. Um, you know, we talk a lot about how the Catholic Church is a space where a lot of trauma happens, but if we're being honest, it's something that exists in like all religions. Um, I know being raised Christian, that's something that I experienced in my life, even in this beautiful, quote-unquote, new age spirituality we find ourselves in, for some reason it just really attracts these like narcissistic predatory types um, who prey on our openness. And so trauma exists even in spirituality and religion. And again, that's going to be crown chakra is where we're going to feel and experience that because that has to do with our source of spiritual connection. The next type of trauma is one that, um, to be honest, like 10 years ago when I took my first psychology class was not something we spent a lot of time talking about, and that's environmental trauma. Um, that's going to have to do with war. People who live in war-torn countries, people who you know have been in Syria, I mean, the trauma that they experience from living in a space that is unsafe every day, that has a huge impact. Um, but environmental trauma also has to do with natural disasters. So people in New Orleans, people in Haiti, people in Puerto Rico, when you undergo these natural disasters, there's an environmental trauma that happens in that not only you are traumatized by your environment, but your environment is traumatized, is decimated, is hurt in some way. And so that also has to do, environmental trauma for me also encapsulates imprisonment right? People who are incarcerated, they're in this space where their environment is so controlled and controlled in a way that it dictates the way that they live, think, breathe, eat. That is an environmental trauma. Um, in addition to that, I like to talk about poverty as also being an environmental trauma. Living in a space where you don't know where your next meal comes from, you don't know if you're going to be able to stay in your home, that's all traumatic to us. And that would be looped into environmental trauma. The next that I'll talk about is one that also has become such a prevalent conversation, which is sexual trauma. And that's one that I think is the most pervasive form of trauma that's being talked about right now. We see these Me Too movements. You know, we see uh, I Stand With Women. All these things that are happening in our social and political climate are really reminding us of the sexual trauma that exists in our world. That's gonna be things like rape, assault, abuse, incest, molestation, anything having to do with our sexual beings. Um, and that's gonna live in that sacral chakra, sacral chakra, because that's the seat of our sexual energy. Uh, it's where our sex organs are located. 
Um, and to just jump back, environmental trauma, I think definitely has to do with your root chakra again. So if, if you're dealing with environmental trauma, root chakra work would be really great. Um, for sexual trauma, we're gonna be dealing with the sacral. That's a great place to start. Uh, the second to last form of trauma, or the group of trauma we'll talk about, is one that, to be honest, until a few years ago, I had not even heard of. It's not even something we were talking about, and that's ancestral trauma. Is anyone, has anyone heard that before? Beautiful. So ancestral trauma is exactly what it sounds like. It has to do with our bloodline and our lineage things that are carried down and passed down to us, not only in the uh, Freudian sense of the way that we are um, mothered, fathered, and raised, but also in the very real biological way that trauma affects our DNA. And this is something that is gaining so much traction. It is fascinating. Scientists, not shamans, right? We're talking scientists, have found that trauma literally affects your DNA. It changes the structure of your DNA. It changes the way that proteins respond to certain things. It is, I mean, it's clearly, it's scientifically proven that trauma affects the DNA through form of epigenetics. We're altering our own DNA by our experiences and then therefore passing it down to people, to our children. There's also this beautiful study that came out a few years ago about how essentially when your grandmother had your mother in her womb, that at the time of gestation, when your mother was an infant in her womb, you existed there as an ovum in your mother, that all of the eggs that your mother ever created were created at gestation. They were created in your grandmother's womb. So anything that happened to your grandmother's body was not only affected your mother, but also you. There's just this strong lineage, not only with our DNA, but with our eggs as well, as women, our womb space, that encodes this trauma. And so ancestral trauma is very real. Has anyone ever had that experience where they're like, I don't remember anything like this happening to me, but I am so triggered and like feel this? That's ancestral trauma. It is very real, and I'm really glad that people are talking about that. Ancestral trauma is gonna affect, to be perfectly honest, all of the chakras, depending on what went on. Um, but again, if you're a woman, a great place to start is with the womb space and with the sacral chakra. Um, but never hurts to hit up that root for a sense of safety and security. The last thing I want to say about all of these categories is that we spent this time talking about how general trauma is, then we spent the time talking about the different groups that exist. I want to point out that all of these are intersectional. Does that make sense? That there is no clear delineation between the trauma that you experience, that all of it tends to overlap that uh, you know someone who is homeless might experience environmental trauma but most likely is also experiencing physical trauma and possibly sexual trauma and most likely emotional, mental, and verbal trauma, right? And so while it's important to understand that each of these traumas sits in different centers of our bodies and has a delicate difference of energy, that they're not isolated, that they all overlap with each other. Does that make sense? And I'm sure that's been your experience too, that your trauma is not isolated. But it's important, again, just to note the different energies so we can start to 
practice what we're here to practice today, which is that radical self-acceptance made possible only through radical self-awareness. So we have to take an inventory of the way that our trauma is living and manifesting in our body, radical awareness, in order to accept that about ourselves and to get to that place of no shame. So, We've been talking about trauma for a minute. I see it in your faces. It's getting overwhelming. That's okay. And so I wanted to take another sort of mindfulness pit stop. I'm not gonna make you meditate again. But I would like to do what's called an invocation. That's what we call it in the church. Um, and so what I wanna do is have a moment where we all take a pause to call in our support team, whatever that looks like for you. If it's angels, if it's spirit guides, if it's ancestors, if it's goddesses and gods, if it's deities, I wanna take a moment for us to just pause, connect to the breath for a minute, and have a moment where we call in a support team to be with us to give us comfort and protection. Does that sound good? Okay, cool. So we'll start again um, just with a soft gaze to the front of you, feet planted firmly on the floor. I like to put my hands on the tops of my thighs just to feel even more grounded. And we're gonna do another deep breath in through the nose. Breathing like you're breathing into your belly button. Let it move all around your body, that breath, and exhale loudly through your mouth. Yes, notice how good that feels. And we're gonna take another deep breath in through our nose. Let that air circle all around your shoulder blades and down your back. Exhale deep through the mouth, or yeah, exhale deep through the mouth. And we'll take one more death breath deep into the nose and exhale through the mouth. Let your eyes close if you feel comfortable. If you don't, feel free to keep them open. But just remember, we are in such a safe space. From here, I want you just to bring your awareness again to the top of your head, to your crown chakra, where that spiritual connection exists. And I would like to take a moment to ask that not only my, but everyone here, their spirit guides, their angels, their ancestors of the purest and highest vibration fill this space. Feel them around you, at your shoulders, giving you comfort. Let them be here with you to do this hard work that we showed up to do today. We ask that any goddesses and gods who want to assist us with this work be here. Any entities with whom we work and with whom we pray also be here in this space to let us know that we are comforted and we are not alone, that we have a support team that is always with us, watching us and helping us do this work. Remain connected to the breath as you bask in their presence and we show gratitude for them being here today because we know the moment that we ask them to be here, they were already here. We are simply letting ourselves be aware of their presence. Take another deep breath in through your nose. I want you to take an extra draw, another breath that you didn't think you could take and I want you to exhale and feel comforted you are safe. And again, I'm going to count us down as we come back with number five. We're going to wiggle our toes. Four, we're going to wiggle our hands. Three, we're going to give a slight little shake to our shoulders. Two, we're going to take a deep inhale in. 
And one, a deep exhale out. Whenever you feel ready, open your eyes. Sometimes it just helps to call on the big guns. We can't do all of this on our own, right? And so, um, you know, again, this stuff that we talk about, as I go through the categories, I'm sure you're thinking about your past experiences. And I just want you to know that you're not only having space held for you here, but every energy and entity that roots for you in this life is here doing this work with you too. And that's pretty cool. Um, so the next discussion topic that we're gonna have is gonna be talking about who experiences trauma. So we learned that 90% of people experience trauma, but the same way that the definition of trauma is nuanced, the experience of trauma is also nuanced. And so uh, I have three categories that I'm gonna talk about that sort of impact the way that we experience trauma, and the first is gonna be age, right? An infant experiences trauma differently than a toddler, different than a child, different than a teenager, different than a young adult, an adult and an elderly person. All experience trauma differently at a different rate. Um, and so that's just important to note that age plays a role in how we experience our trauma. The next uh, group that I wanna talk about that affects how we experience trauma is gender, right? Women experience trauma differently than men. Um, Non-binary people experience trauma even differently. Uh, the trans community experiencing trauma even different. And so that's just something to take note of, that you might have, you know, even been in the same traumatic experience as another person, and maybe it's just really different for them. Gender can play a role in that. The, um, the third grouping that, to be honest, I think is the main reason I was called to include this subset is race. Um, race plays a huge role in the way that we experience trauma. Uh, I remember the first time I ever heard Malcolm X say that the most disrespected woman in America is the black woman, and that the most, um, how did he put it, the most uh, neglected person in America is the black woman. And the white feminist reaction to that tends to be acknowledging that womanhood has us play a different role in trauma, but then also negating the role that race plays in our trauma. And so I wanted to just take a moment to like have that conversation for a second where we recognize that race plays a huge role in the way that we experience trauma and it plays a huge role in the way that we're protected from trauma, right? Does that make sense? And so all of these categories ultimately boil down to the powerful versus the powerless someone with more power and someone with less power because power disparity is a petri dish of trauma. Anytime we have, we're in a space where someone has more power over us, it puts us in a position where we are more likely to experience trauma. Um, and so that's just important to be aware of. And ultimately, I wanted to talk about each of these experiences and each of these groups to really dispel the myth that pervades around trauma, and that is the myth of manifesting our own trauma. I have a lot of problems with the way that people confront manifestation because a lot of the times they ignore the categories I just talked about, right? Age, race, gender, all of these things play a role in the way that we're able to manifest our world. 
And so while, you know, an affluent white person can easily talk about manifesting the life of their dreams, um, it truly negates the fact that we're not all on the same playing field. Would you agree? Uh, in fact, it infuriates me a lot of the time because it's bullshit. It just is. Um, and so is the myth that you have manifested your trauma. That is something that some of the biz biggest spiritual speakers in our day-to-day -day have sat and told me. People like Abraham Hicks, who I have the utmost respect for the work that, that she is doing with this entity, Abraham. Uh, people like Tony Robbins, who is selling out amphitheaters. They will easily and readily tell you that, guess what? You manifested your own trauma. You did that to yourself. You were molested as a child, you manifested that. Right, I see your face, it's deplorable. It's deplorable and people stick by this line of logic. And again, these are people that I have a lot of respect for the work that they're doing and I have respect for them but I also have a voice that I have to say, you are wrong. You are wrong because trauma, we already learned and have agreed upon is something that is prevalent in our world. Life cannot exist without trauma. It just happens. It's the world that we live in. We live in a world where beautiful fucking things happen. Have you ever just been in awe by the beauty of our world? Beautiful things happen in this world. In that same breath, I will say, terrible, terrible things happen in our world. It's duality. It's the nature of this existence that we signed up for. It does not mean that you manifested it. It does not mean that you did it to yourself. It is just a part of life and of existence. And so hear me when I say you did not manifest your own trauma. I think sticking by that belief is a desperate attempt to cling to control because in some way it is safer to believe that we have control, that we manifested all these bad things that happened to us because that means we can do something different and bad things will never happen to us. That belief is just so cozy, right? It's really fucked up, but it's cozy. As opposed to what my truth is, it's just that good things happen and bad things happen and sometimes we don't have any control over any of it. There are a lot of things we can do to tip the scales in our favor. We can work with manifesting and affirmations. We can do rituals and spells and magic. We can do all these things to tip the scales. But inevitably, trauma is just a part of life. Something as simple as death. Death is a part of our existence. And death is traumatic for the people on the outside of it, for the people who are left behind. I refuse to believe that anyone manifests that on themselves. That's a lie. It's just a part of life. The good thing is though, what we know is that we can work with that, that we can heal trauma, we can transmute trauma, but we cannot do it if we are working from shame-based theories, like people who say you brought this on yourself. So if there's one thing you walk away hearing today, I want it to be that, that you didn't do this to yourself, you didn't manifest it, in the future you will never manifest that on yourself, shit happens. And as people who work in the shadows and as people who work in the light, we just know we got to deal with it. Um, and so, again, just felt really strongly about talking about that. Uh, with that being said, you know, we can't control trauma happening to us um, in a lot of ways. 
but we can control what we do with it. And so the name of this class is Transmuting Trauma. And if no one is familiar with transmutation, it's essentially taking one thing and making it into something else. It's a different kind of magic that we're talking about, right, than the, like, cloaked ma magician on a America's Got Talent where he takes this one thing and he makes it disappear. That's a different kind of magic that I've yet to master. But transmutation is entirely possible. Um, it's interesting because... We just got out of this beautiful full moon energy. I don't know if you guys know this, but yesterday was the full moon. The full moon is a perfect time to release things, to release our connection to things. And so I wanted to do sort of an advanced full moon exercise with you guys, if you're down with that. I say it's advanced because the only way this is rooted in taking trauma and transmuting it into gratitude and that can be really hard. And so I would recommend starting with a trauma that's not super dense and not super scary for you to confront. Because again, we've learned we experience lots of different kinds of trauma. So maybe we don't pick the biggest trauma that's like at the hinge and root of all of our dysfunction. <laughs> we won't go there today. Um, but maybe we pick that time that like Susie knocked you over on the playground and you skint your knee and then you learned, I can't trust women and the world is not safe. Um, Maybe we pick that one that's not so triggering. So if you came in today, does everyone have a note card? You've just seen that in your chair. And if you're at home listening on the podcast, this is a great time to just grab a piece of paper and do this exercise um, along with us. So again, this is a releasing through gratitude. We're going to be working with four statements that we're going to craft for ourselves. Uh, does anyone need pens? Does everyone have a pen? You need a pen? They'll help you out with that. And so I'll wait for everyone to get their pen and paper uh, because we are going to be working with some specific sentences. Um, I also want to pass around really quickly. I have up here today, um, it's a tincture, an herbal tincture. It's from Flora Aura, and it's a peony tincture. Peony is really great for transmutation, so I'm going to pass this around. Take a few drops on your tongue if you want. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Um, but it certainly helps, I think. Um, yeah, you can just open it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, you know, don't put it on your tongue. Just sort of drop it above. Um, but as Dwight taught us in the office, germs are good, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, just, you know, pass that around. Um, and so this release ritual that we're going to be doing, we're going to come up with four different sentences. And the first sentence that we're going to craft is just going to start out with, I release blank. I release blank. And that's going to be a thing, a person, a trauma, an object, whatever. I release blank. And that's going to be our intention statement that we're starting with because it's always just good to set your intention. And so I release blank. You don't have to come up with it now, but I'm going to keep running through them. If you just want to write out, I release blank. The second statement we're going to do is, I am grateful for blank. And that's not going to be the same word that you put in I release. This is going to be the lesson that you can maybe find out of all of this. And that's going to be our gratitude. Again, you don't have to craft it now. I'm going to give you examples after I run through everything, and that might help you uh, help you craft that statement. The next statement that we're going to do is, I recognize, I see, or I know. 
I recognize, I see, or I know. And that is going to be the wisdom or the growth that you gain from this situation. And that's going to be our balancing statement. That's going to be the thing that gives us perspective and a pivot. So I recognize, I see, or I know. Oh, and just so you know, that tincture has no alcohol. I know a lot of herbal tinctures have alcohol in them, but it's a glycerin, so it's super sweet. Um, it's not going to jump you out of your skin like my Everclear tinctures. Um, the last statement that we're going to do is a repeat of I release. And so this is going to be the same thing that you put as your first sentence. It's going to be that thing, that person, that object, that trauma. But this is going to be our non-judgmental intention, right? Because we've worked through gratitude to recognize what we've gained from this. And then we're able to release from a place of non-judgment and gratitude. And so I went ahead and did a few examples of these just to give you an understanding of, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, the first that I did was I release the trauma of my accident and my leg injuries. I, uh, about two years ago, fell down some stairs and broke both of my ankles and my left leg. It was a very traumatic experience. It happened in my home. Um, but I released the trauma of my accident and my leg injuries. The second sentence I have is, I am grateful for the way it taught me to slow down and for teaching me the depths of my strength. I'm also grateful for the reminder of the miraculous healing of the human body. I recognize my accrued strength, wisdom, and growth in learning how to listen to my needs and body without needing a traumatic injury to slow me down. I release the trauma of my accident and leg injury. Does that make sense? Does anyone need another example? You think you got it? Cool. So we'll take about five minutes to just craft these. If you have questions, just pop your hand up. I'm happy to come help you. Um, you know, I want this to be sort of a group thing. So, yeah, take a few minutes to just, uh, we'll actually probably do like three minutes. I see you guys are like easily filling out these cards. You guys are pro. You're advanced level. I doubted you. I'm sorry. And if you like that tincture, we do carry it here in the store. Um, it's really great stuff. I also have up here um, a full moon tincture that's not a tester, but we also have that. It's really cool to use around the full moon to help us with releasing. Um, we have other moon tinctures that help with those energies. And then before I started this, I put on a mugwort protection oil, which can be really great for people who experience trauma. Uh, you know, when we're manifesting, we don't want to protect ourselves too much, but when we're releasing trauma, we definitely want protection. So if you've ever felt like you need that after class, come feel free to grab some, especially before you go out into the, the busy, busy world. Thank you. All right, how are these coming along? Pretty good. Is there anyone who wants to share what they've written? Anybody ready to share? Kalani, I'm gonna give you the mic. Okay, 
oh, girl, you know it, they're coming. <laughs> um, I released my discomfort surrounding my relationship with my former best friend. I'm grateful that it taught me to set boundaries and to love myself and accept people for in every way that they show up, even if it's not the way that you want them to show up. I recognize my faults and my shortcomings in the situation, but I released my discomfort surrounding my relationship with my former best friend. Feels so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else who wants to share what they have? Feeling pretty bold and brave? I'm not surprised. <laughs> okay, I said that I released the betrayal, or the trauma of betrayal, both real and unreal. And I'm grateful for my new sense of discernment, my new boundaries, and the standards I now hold myself to. I recognize that I don't need to be close to everyone, and I don't need to be liked by anyone. Um, I release the trauma of betrayal, both real and unreal. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else want to leave something here on the floor today? We've got plenty of space here. I knew, yes. All right, thank you. Be brave today. Okay, I wrote, I released a traumatic experience of having an abusive stepfather. I'm grateful for the lesson of learning to love myself and reversing the non-self-serving beliefs and creating healthy boundaries, not just boundaries, but health, healthy ones and not just blocking and putting up walls. And I recognize, I see, I know me now, and I know that hurt people hurt people, and it wasn't about me. And he just didn't have the tools. And, um, and I release any um, judgments on myself pertaining to that situation. Feels great, yes. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, thanks. Ooh, I feel nervous. Um, okay. Well, you helped me, well, I'll say it. I released the trauma of the shame and embarrassment I felt on the playground um, when a boy slapped my butt and later looked up my skirt in class. I'm grateful for the support um, of my parents and my teachers. I'm really grateful to now acknowledge that I felt shame and embarrassment around that, and I didn't really realize that until now. Um, and I'm grateful that I trusted myself as a first grader to let someone know that that happened despite being a really shy kid um, and now I recognize and see and know that I can trust myself um, so I released the trauma of the shame and embarrassment I felt around that what I thought was a seemingly small act and that's you know the other reason I wanted to talk about redefining trauma for us is because you know one of the things that happens especially to women a group of people who experience trauma is that we're not believed or that we're pacified or dismissed in the things that happen because of course that's a traumatic thing to happen to you as a child again age playing that component of the way that you experienced it the way it felt so like life shaking right because that's the first time that maybe you ever learned that in the world as a woman there's a certain level of protection and safety that don't exist for you and so no trauma is too small. If you still carry it with you, if it's not something that your subconscious has weeded out the way and just released, it's something you still carry around. So thank you for being brave and bold to share. Anybody else who wanna 
wants to share, you don't have to, no pressure. Um, you know, I hope that everyone continues to do this exercise. As you can see, it's pretty simple. It's just like four statements. Um, you can get deeper and deeper with this as you continue to pull back the layers of trauma. Um, I would encourage you today to take that paper home with you and burn it. Um, I, it's powerful somehow. I think it's this physical uh, representation of transmuting something, right? You're taking this paper and you're making it ether through way of fire. And so I encourage you to take that paper home. Don't let it sit in your house. If you are not going to burn it, leave it here, and I'm happy to burn it for you. But don't walk around with this with you, right? Because we're leaving this here today. Um, I want to close just by quickly talking about uh, continued healing and different tools that are available to you. Um, the one thing that psychiatrists, therapists, MDs, shamans, witches, and healers can all agree on is that healing trauma is totally possible. There is no one in the medical, spiritual, any realm that says to you, you know what, you're just fucked, you know, you're just going to be this way forever. I'm sorry. Um, everyone believes that healing trauma is possible because it is. And so I want that to encourage you. Um, it just requires different tools than how we've coped with our trauma. It's just some different stuff we have to learn. And so I highly recommend um, therapy. I know it gets really downgraded in our spiritual world, but therapy is just the right therapist and the right method is moving. Um, I was recently introduced to AIT, which is a form of therapy that works with energy work. So it's a combination of psychology and energy work. Really cool stuff. Uh, you can just go to, I think, AIT.org or just Google AIT, and you can find a practitioner near you. Um, I also like to implore self-soothing in the day-to-day. -day. So things like, you know, touching your body and holding yourself. Um, things like gentle rocking. It's really helpful. Um, I know that people who have experienced sexual abuse, sometimes nighttime can be really difficult. Um, so sometimes you can just like sort of rock yourself a bit to, to soothe yourself. Um, and positive self-talk is also really self-soothing. So that's something you can do on your own for free. Um, meditation, mindfulness, and breath work. Highly recommend all those things. Again, you can do all of those for free as well. I've given you three different methods of mindfulness today. We've got meditation, we've got invocation, we've got rituals. So you can do any of those. Uh, creation is a beautiful way to greet our trauma, to transmute it. So things like uh, doing art, music, cooking, it, any form of creation is really powerful to help transmute trauma. So please engage that. Um, shadow work is wonderful, both pagan and moon-based rituals. Um, I enjoy energy work, but for this, I'd never really do Reiki for my trauma. It's a bit too masculine and too energizing for me. And so I like things like the womb healings um, that are this nurturing Mother Earth energy. So I highly recommend finding a nurturing form of energy work. And then uh, EFT is also really good. You were talking about earlier about how uh, ancestral trauma can build up in the womb space. So would a womb healing and womb blessing be beneficial for that? And maybe just share with us like how that would work. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, ancestral trauma, especially if it has to do with your mother, if it's through any sort of divine feminine or mother lineage, womb healing is really wonderful for that. It just so happens that we have two moon mothers um, here in Modern Mystic Shop, Kalani and myself, both do this womb healing and womb attunement work. So if you're interested in exploring that, please come talk to us after class or come by the shop anytime. Most likely either one of us are here um, on any given day. So come chat with us about that. It's, it's really nurturing and powerful stuff. Um, the last form of uh, tool that I'll give you is called EFT. EFT, and that's emotion-free technique. Um, that's also free to you. Just go on YouTube and type in EFT. My favorite guy is Brad Yates. Um, he's like handsome in like a very paternal way. Um, so he's pleasant to look at and listen to. Um, but he also has just been doing EFT longer than most people out there. So he just has a mass library of videos. You could type in EFT for anything, EFT for anxiety, for fear, for whatever. And he's got a video. It's normally about seven or eight minutes. So it doesn't take long at all. Um, I want to close with congratulations and gratitude to each of you for being here today, for doing this work. You did it. You showed up. And that's literally all that anyone can ask of you. Um, you didn't shut down. You stayed present. And that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Um, you followed our one rule. Uh, you totally rocked the hell out of this uh, radical self-acceptance, self the radical self-awareness. Continue to do that today. Continue to follow the rule of no shame. And I want to say just one last thing, and I want you to know that I mean it with every fiber of my being and from the true core of my heart, um, that you are safe, you're seen, you're loved, you're whole, and you are more powerful than you could ever, ever dream. And I hope you believe that and know that because you have people who believe you. Um, so thank you so much for being here today. I hope that everyone listening along on the podcast and here in today has a blessed, blessed Sunday. So thank you guys. This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at modernmysticshop.com and click on Sunday School.